It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as we explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we'll chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Welcome back to All Hands on Tech. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jenna. We've talked a lot on this podcast about how digital is booming in our province, and today's guest is at the forefront of that growth. Propel is Atlantic Canada's premier online accelerator for tech startups that are looking to learn, grow, and succeed beyond Nova Scotia's borders. And we are super excited to have Propel CEO Catherine Lockhart on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. That's so exciting. So before we get into some fun rapid fire questions to get to know you just a little bit better, why don't you tell us a bit more about Propel and what you guys do for your clients? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, Propel is an online accelerator. So we went virtual before it was cool to be virtual. Mm-hmm. So in 2018, before I was even with Propel, um, the dis- the team made the decision to change to be a virtual model so they could reach founders where they are geographically in Nova Scotia, geographically, and we cover all of Atlantic Canada. So we wanted to be as accessible as possible. So our secret sauce is startup coaches. They work one-on-one with founders that join our program. And this year, actually, this afternoon, we launched another cohort. So, so far, we've served 105 companies this fiscal year across Atlantic Canada, almost 40% of which are in Nova Scotia. So really, really excited to see the entrepreneurs taking this brave career step into the future. It's challenging to be an entrepreneur. And we want to support that journey, empowering them with the skills to build and grow their businesses right here in our region. Mm-hmm. So super busy year for you then, fair to say? Yeah, 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 busy in a good way. We're really fortunate. These are good problems for us to solve. Like how do we meet the demand that the founders really need? It's their journey we're supporting and they mm-hmm. have the challenges and it's up to us to rise to the challenge and clear a better path for them. That's okay. Cool. Those are some really impressive numbers already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, before we dive into that a little deeper with the questions, we're going to jump to the rapid fire questions. So I'll start us off. Um, question number one, Apple or Android? <laughs> oh, a- Android. I thought you were going to say Apple or Orange. <laughs> <laughs> Tech podcast. Android. Android. <laughs> cool. I just switched to an Android too, so I'm, Android. I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah. We're all Android. Wow. Whoa. It's pretty rare. I, I think. know. Very rare. <laughs> we're officially a club. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay, number two, real book or ebook? Ebook. Very cool. Me too. It's rare to find people who are on board with ebook. Well, I shouldn't say rare, but. So many people say they love the physical copy. I'm definitely paper. I keep eyeing the ebooks though because I hear such good things and like I will eventually make the switch. But so far, paper. It's okay. (laughs) You can still be in the club though. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We'll 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 see what the third question is. (laughs) So kind of you all. All right. This one's a little harder. Favorite thing to do in Nova Scotia in the winter. Ooh. (laughs) You are from New Brunswick, so we can include the Maritimes. Let's say on the Atlantic. I do love to ski on our small mountains. Mm. <laughs> I know there's smaller hills here in Nova Scotia, there's smaller hills in, in New Brunswick, but I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, so that's the perfect training ground that's for awesome. little kids. That's impressive. I have never, I used to do cross country, but I've never done the, the hill thing, so impressive. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, we, we, really, we just feel really fortunate. We don't live in the Alps. We don't mm-hmm. live out west in the Rockies, but these little mountains are phenomenal for families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. I love it too. I went skiing for the first time two years ago. 
cool. It was very terrifying, but lots of fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that. Sure. Lots of fun. Exactly. So you go back again. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So let's dive into some questions now uh, for Propel. So the first thing we see when we come to your website is where founders become leaders. And that kind of struck me because I think many people may not really know the difference or even like think there's a difference between the two. So how would you distinguish a founder from a leader? I love this question, to be honest. We meet founders all the time that come into our program, they're brand new, and they are so passionate about a product and a feature and themselves and their experience, whatever it may be. It, may, it can vary. They could be from the egg agricultural world. They could be from the finance world. They could be from the ocean space or still a student. Um, and they come in really excited about, I'm going to solve the world's problems and check out this feature on my product. And that's where we as Propel and the coaches go, phenomenal. We've got a lot of work to do. Because by the time they leave our program, and we have an early and a later stage program, they're spending well over 18 months with us if they do both programs. They're not obsessed with their product and the product's features. They're obsessed with their customers and solving their problems. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge difference. And it's a huge mindset shift to stop and to stop saying, look at my new feature. When I build this new feature, they will come. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. There's mm -hmm. a lot of hard work that goes into understanding. Is there a problem in the market someone is willing to pay to solve? And let's validate that because that's real. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out the data that suggests that. So we really work with founders on how to develop a business, how to recruit, how to hire, how to raise money. And not just how do you raise money, but you actually have to build the traction in order to raise money because just the act of raising money won't actually let, lead you to a successful raise. You really have to work on that build. So we really want founders to become leaders so they have clarity. They know how to lean on data. They know how to lean into a market and listen to customers. Um, coachability is the number one factor we look at when founders apply to join Propel. And they are really sort of learn-it-alls and not know-it-alls. Mm -hmm. And those skills are important because investors require them too. They look for those skills as well. Coachability. Are they curious? Can they continue to iterate and pivot? Because that's what an entrepreneurial journey is full of. Mm -hmm. It's full of unknowns and ambiguity. So we want to empower them with the skills they need to grow that business. And it takes time. That reminds me of, um, I think it was Augie Jones. Does that name ring a bell? I was at a conference and he said that he read something recently where he goes into every room with his glass empty as opposed to full. And that just always stuck with me because some people already have their minds made up about something, mm -hmm. but it's good to have it empty. So you're always learning, right? Always willing to hear other people's opinions. Absolutely. And we're really fortunate we get to see the learning not only come from our coaches, which is really central to what we do, but from the the peer groups, the founders learning from one another. They're at similar stages in their journeys, so they have very different businesses, but they're learning to listen to the market. They're learning how to make their first sales offer, these kinds of things. So they're able to learn from each other. It's really, really powerful, even in a virtual community, which you can makes you pause and go, wait a minute, they've never met each other. It's powerful stuff, mm -hmm. and that, that power that we have right across the region is, is shining through, for sure. That's very cool. It's interesting to hear that kind of that that one quality that you really look for to make sure they're successful because you come at it with such a holistic approach by the sounds of it yeah. that if they're not willing to kind of take all of those pieces on, they won't be successful. 
Yeah. And, and you can actually look at the data or when we look at who um, has been most successful in their entrepreneurial ventures, meaning they've really validated a market, they've focused on who is my ideal customer profile. So who should they actually sell to? And that's one of the, the biggest challenges for, for a founder to figure out is that focus. And we'll probably talk about that a bit later. But really pushing them and challenging them to get to that market um, is it ha- requires that holistic approach. So having that validation before launching your baby unicorn, as you call it, out into the world can be scary. Of course, that's where Propel comes in. So how do you help build that validation and provide that dose of courage? The validation is so <laughs> key. Uh, we, f- we see founders that say things like, I just want someone to tell me my idea is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just totally. want to not feel alone. They just want to have clarity. And we, we know this because we ask them, what is it that you're looking for? And, and we ask them when they finished, what is it that you got that you were happy to have? And we actually make sure that they are empowered with a data-driven process to figure out in the beginning, is there a problem in the market that someone is willing to pay to solve? And they, it's based on data, not on hope. We live in Atlanta, Canada. We are so freaking friendly here mm-hmm. that people are like, oh my gosh, you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You're going to be so successful. Yeah. And if you're not my customer, that's support, not an, not a reassuring, validating data point that suggests I might be onto something. Mm-hmm. So we need the support, no question. But we want to make sure founders know how to lean into the data to make the right decisions. And one of the things that founders um, really struggle with, especially in the beginning, is that is focusing. They're like, look, I talked to seven people and they're all excited. Well, excitement yeah. mm-hmm. is, is, is a good thing. Is lovely, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you have a market mm-hmm. because they may be seven people from seven different markets. So really helping them pick one and f- learn and listen to the market, what the d- if there's data that suggests, I've got this problem and I'm willing to pay to solve it because you've got to look at everything else going on. Is there someone else solving that problem that's cheaper or faster mm-hmm. or better or it's not worth solving? Maybe it's a vitamin and not a painkiller. This is one of the mm-hmm. models our, our coaches, one of our coaches talks about a lot. If it's not a painkiller and it's just a vitamin, you're really going to struggle to push something mm-hmm. new into the market. And the final thing that we like to instill in our founders, actually, they, they've told us this. They come to Propel for market development. So validation, market development, go to market strategy, and they stay for accountability. So they get really addicted to working with the coaches. So they're paired up with our fantastic startup coaches. They've all been founders, so they can really relate to the pressures and the ambiguity and the challenges that it, that come with becoming a founder. But the coaches hold the founder's feet to the fire. So I actually had an interview with one of our graduates right before I came here. And he said, what's really neat about Propel is that there's so much great content so we use the Lean Stack methodology and the GrowthX methodology out of Silicon Valley. And he's like, there's so many really interesting snack-sized methodologies that can actually be applied to your business that you don't need a PhD in. And, and the coaches help the founders apply those snack, snack-sized snack uh, methodologies to their business when the timing is right so they can actually see the progress. So we're really focused on data focus and accountability to make sure that those founders are feeling like they can step into the future and be courageous because it is scary. It's mm-hmm. really, really scary. So we want to help them build that confidence. Yeah. What do you think happens if like they don't have all that kind of data to back and make those informed decisions? Like what is the outcome of that or can be? I know it depends, but 
I guess you're arming them with a lot of knowledge to be courageous, right? So you can kind of take the emotions out of it because absolutely it's right there in front of them yeah and and if they don't have the data they'll spin their wheels mm-hmm. so so our whole methodology especially in the earlier stage program is how do you gather the data mm-hmm. from the market and it's talking to customers and we don't do the work you're the expert as a founder in your field you need to be talking to the customers so we'll accompany them we'll guide them we'll help them make those tough decisions it's like parenting in a way yeah. <laughs> sometimes i think about this you make your big decisions in life, like where am I going to uni- go to university? Or, oh, I think I'm going to move to Germany. I think I should talk that through with my family. Um, they're, they're really leaning on the coaches for the big decisions, but they have to put in the work themselves. And that's where that evolution, that's where that skills building mm-hmm. comes in because they're like, oh my gosh, now I know how to do it. They're the, they're the learn-it-alls. They're coachable. So they're open to how do I actually take this idea forward, make it a business, make it commercial, like commercialize it. How do I eventually raise capital and hire folks and grow this business and make an impact in my region? And that's really the necessary part because they're eventually going to move beyond Propel. So they need to have the skills themselves to continue that growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are skills for life. We're sort of teaching them how to fish and they eat for life. Yeah. Love it. How far along the process do they have to be in terms of like their idea to be accepted in the first place? Really important question. So for the earliest stage program, they need an idea. They do not have to be a full-time founder. So more than maybe just written on the back of a napkin, um, they have to fill out a lean canvas as part of the application, which you can find on our website. So have a little bit of an idea of the business they're going after. And then they spend less than five months testing that idea in the market. So the, the market, the data they learn from the market and the process that the coaches work them through will help give them that clarity at the end of that five months. That, it's called vision and validation. And we ask them at the end of that program, will you pause, pivot, or persevere based on what you've learned? So we off, it was a great story. There was a founder who was actually quite frustrated. She said, look, I've done 31 customer interviews and I am sure there is no market for my idea. And she was really feeling quite devastated. And we were like, no, this is a <laughs> huge win. Like, and founders, any founders or entrepreneurs or think people who are considering this for a journey, that is success. Knowing that there is no market is a huge win. And celebrating that in our region is really important because what happens is that those founders who have that entrepreneurial spirit and drive and they have invalidated their market, we see them come back again with a new idea mm-hmm. and then they crush it. Yeah. But they haven't wasted three years and someone else's money trying to prove that there's a market. That's a tough journey. Mm-hmm. But if they can lean on the skills and the methodologies that are proven and that work, if they're willing to really be vulnerable and open up and learn new methodologies, you know, I, I think it's a much better path forward. That's a really important point that I think a lot of people wouldn't really think of and maybe kind of says the importance of having those coaches there of like, instead of just continuously pushing through with no results, really, like you have someone to say, hey, this is good. This is okay. Let's like, you're the right person. Let's move on. I feel like that's something that not a lot of people would take on yeah on themselves without Mm -hmm. being crushed. And it's tough. It's a tough moment for that founder, but it's the right it's that clarity that's so relieving for them. And what we also see, because they have this entrepreneurial spirit, they've met other entrepreneurs in the program. Someone's looking for a co-founder. We see this sort of mapping, matching of mm-hmm. co-founders from time to time or hiring or, or again, they might come in back in with a new idea. So being in, these, in this virtual community, it's very broad. People are, are 
pushing hard, hustling, failing, you know, trying again. It's a great place to be because mm-hmm. everyone's doing the same thing. And that clarity is what the founders want. And, and they've told us they want that. And so we, we make sure that it's data-based and, and support that and helping them make the tough decisions. Like, man, it was a good try, but we got <laughs> to come at next. it again. <laughs> On to the next one. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Okay, Catherine. So I'm curious where Nova Scotia is at when it comes to tech startups. Um, how big of a role are they playing in the overall digital space in Atlantic Canada? And what role has Propel played in that growth? Well, this is a great question. So it's actually a fun year for Propel because we're going to be 20. Wow. 20 years old. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I can't personally say I've been with Propel yeah. for 20 years. Um, but it's been through a lot of really fantastic growth. And some of the presence that we've seen, because I'm a bit of a data nerd, as you might be able to tell, um, is we, in, in about of the 105, we're seeing about 40% of those from Nova Scotia. Um, so we see fantastic founders from Nova mm-hmm. Scotia. And I will say some of the best days are when we see um, when we get founder referrals and we get all kinds of those because it just speaks volumes of the support that we're offering the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. community. And that includes other incubators and, and support systems within Nova mm-hmm. Scotia. There's a really good connected collaborative ecosystem that founders find a lot of support on. If they're doing deep tech, they're at Idea Hub, or if they're in the rural parts of New Brun- um, Nova Scotia, then they're probably involved with Ignite in some capacity or should be. So mm-hmm. any, they're, they're doing really, really great work. So Nova Scotia's got really good things going on. Um, we also have so some fun stats that I think are really important. Um, we have about 54% of our founders are new Canadians, and specifically in Nova Scotia, and that's the Atlantic number, specifically mm-hmm. in Nova Scotia, 64% wow. of our founders are new Canadians. We have um, 48% of our founders are second-time founders. So this is new for us. This is a new trend. We were typically serving first-time founders, but we're seeing that number, that trend increase because they're wanting that focus, discipline, that data mm-hmm. approach, and that coach to lean on, that be that consistent guide. And then this is also a new trend. 40% of our founders are over the year, over the age of 40. So that's not for us to focus on age. That's to celebrate the experience. That's to celebrate right. That, and we've seen this be wildly successful founder in Nova Scotia. She has incredible experience in the insure tech, in the insurance space. 15 years, I think, maybe 16. And she was very frustrated with a specific problem. She's like, oh, this can be done better. So she took that entrepreneurial leap. Mm-hmm. And so we have this incredible industry experience. She knows it inside and out. And she said, this is going to be my career as an entrepreneur solving this problem. So we're seeing fantastic engagement within um, Nova Scotia, 32% of our founders from Nova Scotia are women. It's one of our highest across Atlantic Canada. And we have a lot more work to do there. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend that I'm happy with that number. I'm pleased that it's not 20%. But for anyone listening, if you're a woman or a woman identifying individual and are even remotely considering entrepreneurship as a career path, let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure you understand what this journey looks and feels like and what all of the great support looks like in Nova Scotia because we want more women leading companies. And the research t- tells us that women lead excellent companies. Mm-hmm. They take very good care of their revenue and their metrics and their cash flow. And investors love that. So let's get you into this game if, if you are listening and you are experiencing that because we want to see more of you here in Nova Scotia and across Atlantic Canada. Yes, exactly. I don't expect you to have the answers to this, but do you have any ideas maybe like why we were seeing some of these trends that you're seeing in the data? 
I'm hoping it's because our ecosystem is maturing. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say two or three years ago, we would have seen perhaps younger founders. Um, I think the pandemic has helped bring some founders maybe back to the region. Mm -hmm. I think the new Canadians that are really great universities and colleges right across Atlantic Canada are often the front door for new Canadians. Mm -hmm. So they'll come in, they'll have a really great experience within the university system, have an introduction to entrepreneurship and have this moment where they're like, hey, I want to stay. I like Canada. Yeah. And we should be rolling out the red carpet for these individuals. They're highly engaged. They hustle. They want to make this their home. We want them to be here. So thank you to those who are listening who have chosen to be here. It's a hard journey to get here. My husband's from Europe. It was a hard journey to get him in the country. Mm -hmm. I know what that's like. And I was an expat in Germany for a long time. So I've done it on, I've been in those shoes. I had to learn a new language, had to work in that language. So for those who have making making that really bold move, we're really grateful to have them here. And we want to roll out that red carpet, especially those who want to be entrepreneurs. It's exciting to see those numbers. So yeah. thank you for bringing that in. <laughs> oh, anytime. <laughs> I also find like all those stats are quite impressive, but I find the the over 40 quite interesting. And I wonder if that's like pandemic related, but it's it's exciting to see people who are later in their careers choosing to make switches because like that's very brave. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see that people are choosing to do that. It's like it's reassuring, I think, is what I'm looking for. <laughs> and it's tr and you're yeah. right. And it's tr and it's truly raising the bar. Like when we w see a cohort get together in either a lunch and learn or a peer group meetup or they're practicing their pitches, it's phenomenal. They're challenging each other. They're supporting each other. They're giving each other advice. So whether they come from living in, Mor they grew up living in Morocco and working in the finance industry and can offer that perspective, or whether they're 57 years old and have been in a specific industry, they have a fantastic perspective to share. So that community, facilitating that community and that learning, that entrepreneurial vibe is continuously raising the bar. And we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing entrepreneurs want to step into this journey. We're not. The other thing, though, you know, I've talked about numbers and data. Propel is not focused on big numbers. We can't be. We're not mm -hmm. a region that can play a numbers game. We have to focus on quality, the quality of these entrepreneurs and making sure that they are truly armed with the right skills to solve a customer problem, earn customer revenue, hire locally, hire fantastic mm -hmm. talent. And many will eventually hopefully raise venture capital, perhaps. That's what grows our region. That's what fuels this economy. So planting these seeds at the earliest stage, supporting that journey, the journey of these founders, is hugely valuable. And I think we're just seeing that bar organically raise and mature over time that wouldn't have been there 10 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. In the same vein of uh, promoting that local kind of growth. So we recently spoke with Becca Rockliffe out of Dalhousie about the Here We Code campaign, which is essentially a rallying cry to say that our region is a place where tech innovation is happening and growing rapidly. So on that note, we often associate the Maritimes with exports like <laughs> lobster, um, but tech exports are huge and growing with new companies joining the ecosystem all the time. So Atlantic Canadian swagger is now a thing you recently wrote. So I guess that's your message too. <laughs> Absolutely. Atlantic Canada is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> and if you aren't here, you should be here. Yep. <laughs> uh, if you aren't here, you should move here. Just yeah. call any one of us. We'll <laughs> help you deal with that. Um, and in all seriousness, I grew up in rural New Brunswick. Like there is no Tim Hortons, no stoplight where I grew up. <laughs> the potato belt, right? Everyone can have their own version of that in Atlantic Canada, pretty much. I grew up also assuming that I needed to leave to have a career. 
many of us can probably relate to that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm so happy to be back, but I selfishly want Atlantic Canada to be a place my children want to stay. They can go and travel. That is fine. Go do your thing. Go develop as a human being. But I don't want them to wonder if they can have a career in Atlantic Canada. So we are putting our hearts and souls into trying to build a better region. Mm -hmm. And to me, the people who are doing that, who are shaping our future, are these entrepreneurs. Those are the employment opportunities I want my daughter and son striving for. I want them to grow up and be like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to work for Colabs in Newfoundland someday. Yeah. Or, oh my goodness, I cannot wait to work for Quick Facts in Nova Scotia someday. Or, you know, the, you, I could list a thousand entrepreneurs that are really building fantastic companies and solving global problems from right here in the region. So I think we need to not take our foot off the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. Not once, not for one second. We cannot hesitate. This is a ecosystem that is global, it is connected, and it is livable. I have a colleague who says, and I love this quote, she says, Atlanta, Canada, you have more life and less hassle. So we want to celebrate that. As Atlantic Canadians, we don't, and those who are new Canadians who have chosen to live here, we don't typically need to sell that to each other. Right. We, we know we have a pretty great lifestyle. Overall, there's obviously issues, whether it's housing or healthcare, that everyone's really struggling with at the moment. Mm-hmm. But overall, comparatively across the world, we're doing really well. Yep. And we've got a phenomenal place. We've got great universities, educated talent, really good non-dilutive funding. We got some work to do on the angel capital side. We've got really good early stage institutional investors on the venture capital side. And we're building really great bridges for more capital outside of our region. So Atlanta, Canada has got a lot of good things going on and we want to see that continue. So more women led um, women identifying led companies. Let's push that hard together. Um, we want this to continue to be the place that startups want to move where they want to grow their business. And there's so many great examples of, of that happening right now. So congratulations to all the founders that are hustling out there. You're absolutely the reason we get out of bed every day. And, you know, we're excited and very honored to be part of that, that journey, just supporting it. It's them that are taking the brave steps and they're shaping our future. So my kids stay here. So, mm-hmm. th- so thank you for doing that, founders. Um, but I, I feel like it's such an important role in the innovation agenda of all of our four governments in Atlantic Canada to continue to double down on this. We cannot take our foot off the gas pedal. Well, we love your enthusiasm and it's so exciting to see all of the work that Propel is doing to help in that regard because we tend to agree. Nova Scotia is a great place. Atlantic Canada in general is a great place. Um, So I guess last question, just the floor is yours. Is there anything that you want to highlight to people listening? Is there anything exciting happening in 2023 at Propel? The floor is yours. Well, everyone should stay tuned for announcements about upcoming partnerships, which I will hopefully be rolling out of the next quarter for hopefully a 20 year celebration of some kind, because we're really we're really proud of that moment. Mm -hmm. It's important to pause. This was founded by Jerry Pond and some other really phenomenal leaders 20 years ago. So it's it's important to acknowledge that the evolution that has happened in our entire ecosystem. We can say, you know, Propel is 20 years, but the ecosystem overall has got a lot going on and it's Mm -hmm. worth all of us taking a moment to celebrate. And also just for the founders, we are so founders first at Propel, anyone considering entrepreneurship and especially it's a difficult market. The, the venture capital market is shifting slightly. Uh, It's tougher to raise around, but hang in there. 
Uh, talent is a tricky moment as well. There's some downsizings happening across the North America in particular. So watch for that, founders. If you're hiring, watch for those layoffs because there's incredible talent there that you can hire. The other thing I've heard recently is that with the layoffs that we're currently seeing, more entrepreneurs are born. They're like, okay, I'm not a big corporate person after all. I want to start my own company. Mm -hmm. So really taking advantage of the moments that are thrown our way that aren't in our control necessarily that's where a lot of innovation and entrepreneurship really comes to life. So for anyone who's really, you know, considering entrepreneurship as their career path, we really want you to reach out. We'll help you have that conversation and consider, do I really want to do this? Do I not want to do this? But trust me, we really want you to do this. It's worth it. Very cool. And for anyone who wants to reach out, wants to find you, how can they do that? <laughs> Probably on our website, propelict.com or on LinkedIn. I'm there quite a bit. So feel free. Mm -hmm. We'd love, love to connect. Really, really open to it. Catherine, thank you so much for your time. This was so fun. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Pod Starter production. production.